This is another message from Glory City Church by Pastor Catherine Renala. For more information, go to glorycitychurch.com.au. Hallelujah. Happy Sunday. I mean, look at all your lovely faces. I was watching some of your happy um, Mother's Day to all you, your different mums on the um, on the Facebook. I saw you write a nice note to your mum, Nico. Very nice. You're a good boy. Hallelujah. And it's so it's so important, you know, that we uh, we take the time to honour uh, the mums uh, in our lives. And you know, I know that too, too. That sometimes on Mother's Day it can be a hard day. You know, if you've got children that are estranged from you, if you've been believing for children and yet haven't had children, I mean, if, you, if you're single and, and have been hoping to be married and you're not yet, you know, I understand it's a difficult day, but it doesn't have to be. And I want to share with you why. Because we have the one who gives us hope. Hallelujah. We have the one that can fill us and satisfy us like nothing and nobody. Hallelujah. But we are, as, I, as we were... Um, I got I got spoilt this morning. My kids came in and gave me breakfast in bed and uh, flowers and bought myself a Mother's Day present. My new shoes, hallelujah! <laughs> I showed Tom what he bought me this morning. <laughs> no, he's so lovely to me. And uh, <laughs> but you know, it, it is a day to honour the mums, and and sometimes we forget uh, just what it is that mothers have done for us. And I watch, especially a lot of our new mums, and I watch and I remember what life was like when they were really little. And uh, I remember my mum, when I was a child, um, as she would dish up the dinner, and, and she'd always give herself the, the smallest per portion or the, or the broken bit. Or, and she, I remember she said to me one day, this is what mothers do. And I, I remembered, and that's, that's the truth though, you know, it's instinctively, mothers tend to put themselves last, so that they, and it's a, it's a natural thing to want to bless their family, to, to love their family. So we want to honour you today. If you're a mum here, well, uh, we want to celebrate you. But I've got some uh, scriptures as I was just praying and talking with the Lord. He's been dropping lots of things in my heart, and I want to share these with you today. Hallelujah. I want to turn to Colossians chapter 3. If you've got your Bibles with you, you can have a look. Father, we say thank you for this beautiful day. Father, this is the day that you have made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Father, I thank you that you are our hope, you are our joy, and we celebrate you. Lord, you are the author of life, and Father, we bless you. We say thank you for your love for us. Lord, we lift up our faces to you, knowing that you make your face shine on us. Lord, you lift up your countenance upon us and give us peace. And Lord, we bless you and we say thank you for that, Father. Lord, we worship you. Hallelujah. You know, that's who he is. He comes and he, he looks at you like a, a parent looks at a child and tries to make them smile. That's what he does when he makes his face shine on you. He's like, I love you. You're beautiful. Until he, he'll, and he'll stay at it until you actually respond. While there's breath in your body, God's trying to get your attention and say, you're so lovely. 
He makes his face shine on you. He lifts up his countenance upon you and that he, he delights to see you do greater works than even he did when he walked the earth. Hallelujah. It's like, ah, this is my child. This is the plans that he has for you. And this is the father's heart for us. Hallelujah. And that he created us male and female in his image. And uh, we're going to share just a little bit about that coming up. But let's have a look first at Colossians chapter 3. Verse 12, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering. Pastor Chris did a good message on Friday night about long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you are also called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Hallelujah. You know, everything we do, we have the privilege of doing it to him. Hallelujah. We can do it as an attitude of worship. When you, whatever you're doing, I saw some beautiful greeters at the front door today, and they are doing that to Jesus. They are, every time you welcome somebody, every time you go and give someone a hug, God takes it personally. He says, this is, you can do this as an act of worship. When you love someone uh, in my name, he takes that personally. Hallelujah. And so in everything we do, whatever you do, whether you're at work um, doing a, a menial task, you can do it to him as an act of worship. God, I do this in your name, worshiping you. I want to be a, a, a good employee to bless you and to bring honor to your name today. You know, there's joy to be had in everything. Hallelujah. There's joy to be had in everything. There is your portion. It's your inheritance. Hallelujah. And he delights to be able to be your strength and your joy in all that we do. Our, our faithful father, you know, uh, whatever it is that you're, you're doing as mums, every time that you are, you know, running after the kids with their lunch or doing a school run because they left it behind. Who has ever done that? Hallelujah. Bless you, mummies. Every time you've done something like that, it's been done unto the Lord. He, he, you, you have the opportunity to worship God in your serving and, and in your giving. And, you know, if you aren't a, a regular Bible reader, just having a look at that passage will show you why it's such a good thing to have the Word of God dwelling in you. Because this will keep you straight. Hallelujah. This shows you what you look like, who you've been created to be. This shows you what life looks like. And in family, we model to our children what life is supposed to look like. And we are just a picture, our family is just a picture of God in that he is wanting to demonstrate to us continuously what life looks like. This is how we do life. And, that, and the way that we be able to get hold of the heart of the Father is by reading the word. Hallelujah. When he speaks to us, he says, this is what you look like. This is how we behave in our family. 
Hallelujah. This is how we behave. We bear with one another. We forgive one another. If you've got a complaint against somebody else, don't go and tell everybody. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Hallelujah. It's so beautiful. And, and we have the privilege, you know, we can put it on in faith. I, I really encourage you, if you weren't here on Friday, to have a look at the live stream. Chris just gave a really practical example of how, to, how we just put it on. We put on the grace of God to be Christ-like. But we put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering. We, we have the grace to step into it and to be who we're called to be. Every day we have a choice. We've been set free to love. Hallelujah. And God's wanting to wake us up and remind us, this is what it looks like. Put on Christ. That's right. Ah, oh, that's right. I'm part of the family of God. This is how we behave in our family. Hallelujah. And that's what we're called as parents to do, to model. This is how we behave. When you become a parent, you no longer have the right just to live however you like. You are continuously, all the time, modeling Christ. You are demonstrating and discipling. Hallelujah. And, and this is the privilege that we have to reveal Jesus. Amen. I'm going to keep reading. This just talks about the Christian home. Verse 18. Wives, submit to your own husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be bitter with them. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. Bond servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleases, but in sincerity of heart, fearing God. Hallelujah. And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. But he who does wrong will be repaid for what he has done, and there is no partiality. You know, I, um, I've been listening this week uh, to the audio Bible as I do. You know, I'm going through my chronological read-through of the Bible. At the moment, I'm in uh, Kings and Chronicles, and so it swi switches around depending on the, the chronological order. But I've been struck this week at the order that is in the kingdom of God. It's like over and over again, you hear 12 this, 12 that, 40 that. He reigned for 40 years, 12 years, 12 years. It's like, wow, God, you're like so organized. There's so much order when you read the word of God. It's just like, he's so clear. And then I, I just do, I do this little brain training thing. Lumosity is like, like just for a few minutes every day. I thought it was good for my brain, you know. I don't do much exercise, so I figure that sort of counts. <laughs> Hallelujah. My daughter's a personal trainer, and I thought I'll be disciplined five minutes a day. I'll do my lumosity. <laughs> Hallelujah. Pastor Aaron said, come on, Pastor Catherine, we'll go jogging every morning at six o'clock. And I went, yeah, no. <laughs> Hallelujah. Get my exercise in church. No, it's good to, good to exercise. Jessica will tell you all. Hallelujah. But as I was doing it, this, uh, this little brain training, I was playing this one little thing where it's supposed to improve your attention. And I realized that if I just stuck to a system, it worked a whole lot better and I got things done much faster. And all of a sudden, as I finished that, the Lord spoke to me. He said, Catherine, 
if you will just, uh, if the body of Christ would understand order, things will go much faster. This is a way to see acceleration happen. There is an order that is not scary. Now, a lot of people look at me and I, I have... Uh, you know, the privilege of traveling all over the world. I'm leading a church. I, I'm leading a network. And many people would imagine that I'm some, um, you know, big woman's uh, advance leader. And I'd celebrate the women. I'm so excited for what Pastor Amanda's going to bring. But you know what? I believe in divine order. And, I, and I'm unashamed. You might be surprised at how much I believe in divine order. I believe that my husband's been given to me to protect us. Hallelujah. And so there's been times when I've thought, I want to go here. I've got an invitation to go here. And Tom will say, no, nah, no, nah, I don't think so. And I've thought, no, I need to go there. I think God really wants me to go there. And he said, no, nah, I don't think so. But because of divine order, I've submitted to it. And if I've really thought it was still God, I'll go into the prayer room and I'll say, God, sort him out. He'll come back a couple of days later and go, actually, the Lord spoke to me and said, I think you should go. <laughs> Hallelujah. But there's been other times where I found out a few weeks later, thank God I didn't go there because I wouldn't have been safe. That wouldn't have been a wise thing. And I've learned to submit to him because he has been given a grace to protect me. Hallelujah. He's been given a grace to, to watch me. And in a household, there needs to be divine order. Now, I, I get nervous about sharing this sometimes because some people can take that verse and, and use it to um, abuse their position of privilege in, in the home and make your wife submit to me. That's not the picture here. Hallelujah. God is looking for us to be an imitation of us and Christ. Hallelujah. He created us to partner with us. He wants to lift us up. Hallelujah. He wants us to do greater works than even he did. He wants us to be empowered. He wants us to partner with him. But we have the privilege of, of working in a team when you're in a marriage. Hallelujah. In this, yeah, thank you. I got one amen. Thank you, Lord. And in the same way, you know, wives are called to love their husbands. You know, it's in the book. I realize that we're in a day and age where it's quite fashionable to cut some of the Bible out and say, I don't like this bit. I don't like that bit. But I want to tell you, if you're going to follow Christ, you've got to follow his word. And his word is wonderful. His ways are wonderful. Hallelujah. And I tell you, if, you, if you've got an ungodly husband and you, and you honor God and you honor his ways, you can go to him with whatever. And I tell you, he is big and strong and he can take care of you. Hallelujah. Prayer works. Amen. And, um, and so don't get mad with me. Just hear me out. Hallelujah. We called as wives. We're called to honor our husbands, to love our husbands. To, you know, I get really sad when I see uh, women, you know, belittling their husbands. You know, don't eat that, don't do this, don't do that, and and in in public. And I think ah, because one of the greatest needs that men seem to have is to be respected and to be honored. They want to be the wife's hero. Hallelujah, men. Come on, you're not helping me very much here. But, you know. They want it, you know, they want to be your hero. They want to be loved. And if you are treating them like, Neh. 
um, you know, they don't feel very heroic. You know, if you're always picking on them or, you know, embarrassing them in public, they're not feeling heroic and respected and loved. And husbands, if you're not treating your wives like Christ treats the church, who loved her and gave himself for her, then you haven't understood your role. You know, God's looking for husbands that will empower and will love and will, will respect and honor. I understand too that there's mutual submission, submission to giftings within a marriage. Hallelujah. I've seen some, and I'm not talking about stereotypical roles. Some stereotypical roles have, have kept women from actually blossoming into what they're called to be. Thank God that I didn't have to be what I thought was a stereotypical uh, Finnish housewife. I tried really hard to be a good little Finnish housewife. I'm not Finnish, but I thought that that would be a good thing. <laughs> when I got married, oh, I tried. I tried to make bulla. I tried, um, you know, you'd go to a Finnish woman's house and they'd have so much baking done, the house would be spotless. And you know, it was like more food than you could ever eat and it was always amazing. I really tried, <laughs> I really tried for about two or three years. And, uh, and uh, then I had children. <laughs> and and I, I'm just not really awesome at cooking. I'm an adequate cook. They, uh, they didn't starve, hallelujah. <laughs> they learnt to eat what was put in front of them. They give me a bit of a hard time in private about what gets put in front of them sometimes, but praise the Lord. It just wasn't my forte and my passion, but I did what I needed to do. And while Tom was working and I was at home with the kids, that's the way it worked. But they, you know, now I'm working and he's actually the one that does the school runs and makes Joseph's lunches. And my girls are now old enough to cook, hallelujah. And they do a much better job than I do. And so I'm not talking about stereotypical roles. There's, there's some women I've seen in households who are way better at the finances than their husbands. And guys, if that's you, just submit to your wife in that area and let her look after the books. There's some men that just have not got a knack for, you know, budgeting. And some women that have got a great gift for that. That is not me. Tom is, a, Tom is much better at that than me. He just tells me when to stop spending. And I submit to that because he has a gift. Hallelujah. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it, we've got to learn how to work as a team. But there needs to be divine order in the house. Hallelujah. And we've got to learn how to honour and to, uh, submit one to another. I used to try and make Tom just like me. I used to be so judgmental and say, you need to be like this and you should do this and you should do that. <sighs> you know, I thought, oh, I gave him such a hard time. God have mercy on us. I, 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 you know, you're supposed to be the spiritual head of the household. How come we don't hear you singing in the morning and shouting out prayers to God and groaning in intercession? I'd forget about the fact that he was consistently godly and integrous. <laughs> and I'd be like this. But you need to be the head of the house. You need to be... Blah, blah, blah. But after a while, I began to realize, I think I forgot another part of the Bible. 
that was to honor him and to respect him and to love him. Hallelujah. You know, if we would stop judging one another and start honoring in the way that God has called us to, you know, we, are, we know our God. He continually, consistently convicts us of our righteousness. He, he celebrates us. Hallelujah. How much more are we called to imitate him in our relationships with each other? Hallelujah. To honor and to, uh, and to celebrate the things that we do love and the things that we do see. And to pray, hallelujah, and to begin to see, uh, you know, if you've got a spouse that's not walking with the Lord or a spouse that's not doing what they need to do, I encourage you to start seeing them and treating them as though they did. Start imagining them being uh, godly, being integrous, being worshippers, being lovers of God and, and seeing them like that and treating them as though they were, hallelujah, so that you actually give them an opportunity not to rise up to the level of your judgment, but to the level of your hope. Wow. Hallelujah. <laughs> Instead of browbeating them, I mean, you can say all the right words, but if you've got judgment in your heart, they'll see it. So God's asking you, to love, hallelujah, to look with eyes of hope and with eyes of love. Are you all right? You're still here. That's a good thing. Thank you, Jesus. You know, I believe that in divine order, God, God has a plan and he has a purpose. And that if we would understand that he is the one that we can trust, then we can have such hope. We can have such joy. I want to read to you another scripture, another few scriptures. Um, Genesis chapter 1 verse 27 says here, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Uh, male and female, he created them. I want to read it also in the Message Bible. It says this, God created human beings. He created them godlike, reflecting God's nature. He created them male and female. And you know what? When God created Adam and he breathed into him, he created male and female. He breathed his life and he said, they, this one's in my image. And then when Adam was put to sleep and he, he took um, Eve out of Adam, he looked at them and said, male and female, I've created them in my image. You see, even in Adam, I believe when Adam was created, he had Eve on the inside and God just came and just took that part out. Because I believe that in the heart of God is reflected both male and female. Hallelujah. He is our father. I'm not going to be calling him mother any day soon, but I can tell you he has a feminine side. In that is reflected in the nurturing and the compassion, El Shaddai is actually the word for the breasted one, the comforter, hallelujah. And the Holy Spirit, he, you know, is often uh, reflected uh, in, the, in the comfort and the compassion. But male and female, we have a role and a job to reflect the image of God, hallelujah. In that whether you're a mother or not, God has called you, uh, male and female, to demonstrate what God looks like. He's called you to be daily, every day modeling what Christ looks like. And in our own strength, we can't do that. I went and talked to a mum the other night after, after church who was having a bit of a hard time with a very difficult uh, teenage son. 
And I said, I said, you're doing a good job. You're a good mum. And she said, oh, no, I'm not. And, you know, there's a lot of mothers that, ha you know, struggle with condemnation. And they think, oh, I'm not doing a good job. I'm terrible. I'm this, I'm that. I mean, I've been there when things have gone wrong, you know, three o'clock in the morning. Oh, God, what have I done? What I shouldn't have done? What I should have said? What I didn't say? I don't know. God, am I terrible? Help me. But God, God doesn't get any joy out of you beating yourself up or condemning yourself over whether you think you're doing a good enough job or not. He's there saying, actually, I'm giving you the grace and the power to step into everything you need to reflect me, to, to present me, hallelujah, to everybody that you meet. You might not know, but your hug, you coming and just giving someone a hug at church might be the reason that they come back next week because it was a, a reflection and a, they could feel the presence of God in your love. Hallelujah. A kind word spoken in the name of Christ, manifesting Christ through your life. Is Christ uh, with, with flesh and blood, hands and feet here in the earth? Hallelujah. And we have the privilege of manifesting Him in our love to one another. We're created and called to demonstrate Jesus in all our ways, hallelujah. But we don't have to be condemned and think, oh, I'm not doing a good enough job. We can simply look and say, Father, whatever has been, has been. But I thank you that today, because of Christ Jesus, I've been taken out of him and I've been created bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh. I've been created in his image, in his DNA, hallelujah. And I now have power. I have his nature and I've been given his power to reflect and manifest him, hallelujah. Hallelujah. He says of us that we look like him, but sin uh, marred and corrupted the character and the nature and the image of God in humans. We see humans today doing some very terrible things that don't reflect the image of God. But you know what? When we become born again, hallelujah, we, God came and he brought the second Adam which was Jesus, hallelujah, this isn't some new doctrine, it's in the book, that says that Jesus Christ was the second Adam, meaning that he came to sort out the mess that had happened through the corruption of sin by, by being the second Adam, out of which we were taken, the bride of Christ, hallelujah, and we, have, we become incorruptible in our nature, born again. So we're no longer born of sin, but born of the absolute righteousness of Jesus, hallelujah. This is more exciting than you're reacting. Hallelujah. Ate too much lunch. Thank you, Jesus. You know, he's, he says you look like him. I got, I got three kids. And, and they look a bit like me. Have you got, a, you got a picture there? There they are. Look at them. Aren't they beautiful? <laughs> One, two, three. And they look like me a little bit. They're their own unique individuals. They have their own unique personalities, but they are part of me in that, you know, they were inside me and, and they are part of me. But in the same way, when we become born again, this is just a, a dim reflection. You can stop that now because the kids are going, that's enough, mom, stop. <laughs> you look like God. People are expecting to see God 
You see, so many in the world have given up on Christ, have, have turned away from religion based on what they have seen reflected through people who have not demonstrated what God really looks like. But God wants the good news to get out that you actually have power to reflect him beautifully, to be as he is in the earth. Hallelujah. God wants you to get up with an expectation and a hope every day that you have power to let people see him in your eyes. That you, when you love them, you can expect the manifest presence of God to reach out and touch them. Hallelujah. If you've never had children and longed for them, I tell you, there is a joy to be had in loving people that you have never yet fully experienced. It is a joy that is more beautiful even than having natural children because God himself wants to satisfy you with the love that comes from being who you were created to be. That is, as Christ is in the earth. Hallelujah. I feel it when I get to love somebody, love a stranger, there is a satisfaction and a river that flows that I think this is bread that you know not of. This is so satisfying. Jesus said that when he was talking to the woman at the well. And the, and the disciples came back and said, aren't you hungry? He says, oh, I got bread you know, know not of. And that there was a satisfaction in loving this woman that, that they just didn't get yet. I got to love them and I got to experience love. You see, a lot of people think, oh, I need a family or I need this or I need a, a spouse to, to really know love. I want to tell you, true love gives. That's who he is. God is love. And you can experience the fullness of love and you can give it away and step into the full expression and the full experience of love. Single, married, whatever. God has a satisfaction for you that will fulfill you like nothing else can. Hallelujah. And if you're waiting for somebody to fulfill that need for love in your heart, I've got news for you. That's, that's a dangerous place to be. I used to think when I got married, I, you know, I read the Love Languages book and it's a great book. I encourage you to read it and be very helpful in relationships. But I misunderstood it and I thought, well, I've got a love tank and he needs to fill it. <laughs> and if it's not filled up, it's his fault. And, and, and really hard because I've got a really big love tank. I'm really needy. And, and so I was always just judging him for not giving me enough words of affirmation. And, and he wasn't overtly sort of like huggy like me and, and, and verbose with his words. He'd do other things, but I'd be like, yeah, I need more, I need more, I need more. <laughs> Poor fellow. But I got to tell you, even if I'd married somebody that was exactly like me, they would never have been able to fulfill my need. Because I was created to need God. I was created for a love that humans can't satisfy. And if you are putting that expectation on your family, on your husband, your wife, on your children, on your parents, I don't feel loved, I don't feel loved by my parents. You know, I've been through all of that, the, uh, the whole victim thing, and I can work myself up to tears thinking about it. I can write poetry about how sad I am and have done. But it's not as fun as you think. Being a victim is not fun. It might bring you some 
attention every now and then, but I tell you, that attention is only momentary, and it is nothing compared to the attention that God wants to lavish on you. Hallelujah. He so wants to satisfy you. I tell you, when I get alone with God, every time, every day when I get alone with Him, I think, oh God, you're all I want. Because He is the one that satisfies my soul like no other can. It is so real. Those, the Bible says, those who wait a lot upon the Lord shall renew their strength. I can tell you it is true. Because he comes and he undoes the knots. I just love that song that Ebony sang tonight. It was so beautiful. He unravels me with a melody. I'm like, oh, here's my language. Yes, Jesus. He does. He rejoices over me with singing. He looks at me and, oh, my fears just melt away. Hallelujah. I see his love in his eyes and I... I realize you are so beautiful, God. He comes and satisfies me with a warmth that causes me to overflow. And anything I get from anybody else is just icing on the cake. Hallelujah. Because I'm already satisfied. How magnificent Jesus. Wonderful, wonderful Savior. Isaiah 49. I I was thinking of this scripture as I went to sleep last night. says this, but Zion said, the Lord has forsaken me and the Lord has forgotten me. Can a woman forget her nursing child and have no compassion on the son of her womb? Even these may forget, but I will not forget you. Behold, I've inscribed you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. You know, I I think about that. As a mum, my, my kids are on my mind every day. It's just the way it is. And, and mothers, you know, there's a thing about mums. They just, they, they just have a thing that happens in them that their kids are always on their mind. But even when that's not the case, even when something's gone wrong and a mother or father has forsaken you, God says... Though they may not reflect the image of who I am, I'm telling you, you are and all that's going on in your life is continually before me, continually in my thoughts. The thoughts I have to you are too many to count. That's continuously. He's always, always thinking about me. I mean, for an attention seeker, that's pretty good. He says, you are the apple of my eye. In fact, there is so much attention he wants to give you that he says you need to pray for supernatural strength to be able to handle the amount of love I need to give you. Ephesians 3. Someone's starting to get it. He says, if you think you can handle it, Just start praying for strength because I haven't even begun to show you the height and the depth and the width and the breadth of my love. I want to fill you till you overflow. Hallelujah. And that's a continuous thing. Ah. And you think, stop, I can't handle anymore. He goes, yeah, you can. Just pray for strength. I want to show you some more love. Have you got any need in your heart? 
God is actually jealous to fulfill it. He's got more love for you than you could ever understand. But the reality is he has to tell us, come and ask me for your daily bread. I'm here. I'm waiting to give it to you. He says, now pray like this. Come on, just ask me. Give me this day. He does it because he is looking for you to recognize he wants to give to you. He wants to give you his love. He wants to provide all of your needs according to his riches in glory. He gets joy and pleasure out of it. How long will you dwell in the shadows? Step into the sunshine. I sang that when I was in primary school. Step into the sunshine. Get out of the shade. And that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to step into the reality that, hey, I don't have to live in the victim, in the shadow of my past. I can walk with the sun on my face knowing he loves me. He says I'm altogether beautiful. He comes and he satisfies and fulfills my every need. Every broken bit that I, I have in my heart, I can bring to him and he will not only heal it, but he'll make it work out for my good. Ukaramaha. You know, a lot of people sit in the shade the Bible says, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. You know, do you love him with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind? Or is your soul seeking to be satisfied with other things? I heard a quote from Bill Johnson this week. He said, idolatry is to God what adultery is to us. I thought, wow, that's so good. But most of the stuff he says is pretty good. <laughs> but it's true, you know. And he, it's not, he, doesn't, he doesn't behave and go and sulk. He sits there and he, he brings it on thicker, trying to woo you with his kindness. The goodness and the kindness of God. It's, a, it's like in the prophet Hosea. When, when he was told to marry this harlot. And then, then when she ran off again, then go after him, pay for her so, you, that, so that she can be yours again. This is the heart of Jesus toward us. Hallelujah. He is unrelenting, relentless in his love and his pursuit over us. Hallelujah. How magnificent Jesus. He's jealous to love us, to help us. Psalm 27, verse 10. God spoke me, this to me when I was just a teenager and, and my mum had left home and my father didn't even know my mum had left home and we were left with others and I wasn't allowed to say and it was a terrible time. But I'd, I'd just found the Lord and I was reading in my Bible. Psalm 27, he says this, Though your mother and father forsake you, the Lord will take care of you. Hallelujah. Though my mother and father forsake me, the Lord will receive me. It doesn't matter what situation you're in. I tell you, even if you had the best mom in the world, she cannot do for you what God wants to do. But if you've got an ache in your heart for a mother that, that, that has died, passed away, that a mother that wasn't there, a mother that wasn't what she was supposed to be. 
I want to encourage you. God wants to fill that, that space. Hallelujah. He is jealous to do it. He's so jealous to do it. He wants to love you and lavish his love on you. He's looking for you instead of moaning and groaning and, and judging perhaps your parents. And I see a lot of people with a lot of issues with their parents and, you know, judging them for what you think they should be is never going to help your situation. You know, if you, you can browbeat them all you like or you can give the impression all the time that they're not measuring up to what they should be, but it's never gonna, it's never gonna change things. But if instead you'd forgive the emotional debts that you feel your parents owe you, or forgive the emotional debt that you feel your children owe you or your spouse owe you, You'd forgive as Christ forgave us. Forgive the debt. Forgive the debt of expectation. But she should be like this. She should do this. They should do that. Da, da, da. You know, if you recognize any of that, you've got the opportunity right there to forgive a debt and to love Christ well. It's a wonderful opportunity to worship. Oh, I get to forgive an emotional debt. That doesn't mean you go up to them and go, I forgive you for not being nice. <laughs> oh, cool. What that's doing is actually trying to extract some payment. True forgiveness just forgives them, loves them. You know... If you're a mum today and you're feeling like you don't measure up, I want to tell you that, that God doesn't look and browbeat you. He looks and says, I want to carry your burden. I want to be your help. And from this moment forward, I want you to know that I've empowered you to reflect me. Hallelujah. If you've got children that are away from home, I want to tell you this. You have promises from God and he is faithful and true. Hallelujah. He knows what it feels like. He says, I've gone and prepared a place for my children. Even the ones that don't yet know me, that have run away from me, I've prepared a room for them. I'm believing for them. I'm, he, he, he is calling out to them through all sorts of different means. The, whole, the Lord is, is looking for his lost ones and he understands, he has compassion. But I want to tell you today that, that God doesn't ask any of us to do anything alone. Hallelujah. He says, I want to be your strength. I want to be your help. Just in closing, we're going to look again at that Colossians passage now in the light of that. Colossians 3, verse 12. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you must also do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. My prayer for you is that you would get up moment by moment, 
fully aware that you are stepping into the heritage of your Savior, of the one that has, you've been born again of when you've given your heart to Christ, that you can put him on and say, mm, thank you, Lord. As I step out today, I am kind. I am full of tender mercies. I am long-suffering. I am selfless. I am beautiful. I, everywhere I go, the manifest presence of Jesus comes, the fragrance of Christ. Everybody that is interacting with me gets to interact with Christ himself and experience the love of God that satisfies like no other. Hallelujah. God's looking for you to deliberately step into the inheritance that he's given you. Hallelujah. But this is the heritage of those that have been born again, who've been taken out of the side of Jesus, become new. And the way that that happens is by us willingly saying, yes, Lord, thank you for what you did for me. Thank you that you died for me. I submit to you saying that you are God and that you are good. And I need your salvation. I need your forgiveness. And in responding to his mercy, he takes you and he makes you a brand new creation. And his desire for you is that you would walk with him in newness of life, hallelujah, in freedom, in a joy, in a power to be different, to experience the love that you have craved for all of your life and perhaps have never even fully understood. You know, if you think you're happy and you haven't got Christ, I'd like to express to you that you don't really know the fullness that, of joy that God wants to give to you because it is exceeding. It is amazing. God wants to give you peace that passes understanding. He wants you to be able to walk in a holy, joyous peace that causes people to say, I want what you've got. Today, if you're here in the room and you know in your heart you don't love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and you haven't responded to the mercy of Christ and surrendered to Him, but you would like today to say, yes, Lord, I want to humble myself and receive your mercy. I want to be born again. I want to step into the newness of life that is a surrendered life joined to yours. Hallelujah. The Bible says that if you'll lose your life for his sake, you'll find it. But he's looking for those that will give up their life to receive his. He wants you to have a new life. But in order to have the new life, you've got to surrender the old. Because the old has nothing to do with the call of God that you have. Hallelujah. If you're here today and you know in your heart you've, you're not walking with God, but you want to surrender to him today and say, yes, I want to surrender to your mercy. I want to step into the light and I want to be born again, made new. I want to surrender my life to Jesus. Would you wave your hand for me and I want to pray for you. Yes, God bless you. Yes, God bless you. Anybody else that says, yeah, that's me, I want to give you that opportunity today. Yes, I see your hand. Thank you. It's beautiful. I celebrate. Anybody else that says, yeah, that's me? Hallelujah. Thank you. That's beautiful. Anybody else? Thank you, Jesus. All across this room, would you pray this with me? Father God, I believe 
you gave your son Jesus to be punished in my place. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for forgiveness. I surrender my life, my old ways, and all that I am. And in Jesus' name, I receive new life. I receive forgiveness. Come into my life, Lord. I surrender to you. Fill me with your spirit. Help me to experience your love in ever-increasing ways. I declare that today, you are my God. I choose to love you, to serve you. And I thank you, Father, that right now, you give me power to walk in your love, to walk in your life, and to be made new in your image, Jesus. In your precious name, Lord, we pray. Amen. Father, we say thank you. Lord, we bless you. We worship you. We say yes, Jesus. Thank you for your salvation. Hallelujah. Wonderful, wonderful Jesus. Well, thank you for hearing me out today. It's a mama talk, but it's, I, you know, I want to see Christ reflected in our homes. Hallelujah. I do, because I know that the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. And he wants you uh, wives to feel so loved and cherished. He wants you husbands to be honored and loved and respected. But he is wanting to manifest to everybody around you what he looks like. Hallelujah. Whether you're single, married, whatever it is, I want you to step into the image of Christ today. Hallelujah. And go and be him to the hurting world. Amen.